Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mello. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the One Good Scare podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and I'm joined here with my co-host Max Mallow. And we have a fun episode because we're going to celebrate Mother's Day today. Yeah. Two days early, it's okay. Yeah, Mother's Day is this Sunday, of course, uh, but today is Friday. We're recording this on Thursday. Um And yeah, we're going to talk about the mothers you just have to love in horror and the mothers you can't help but hate because everyone goes through a phase where they hate their parents. But there are some mothers uh, in horror that are extremely iconic, some that fly under the radar and some that are just legendary performances. And we're going to break them all down and uh, yeah, it should be a fun episode. Yeah, I'm excited. It's funny because obviously if you have a mother in your life, you're raised by them and they shape you into the person that you become. So for many horror movies, especially the uh, slasher movies or serial killer movies, you really just want to know what the mom was like or what they were doing. And I feel like there should be more mom appearances in horror movies. I agree. Like there, Obviously there are some more releases – um, Goodnight Mommy is one of them we've talked about on the show the remake coming out um, that is centered around a mother figure and I'm not a fan of that movie you aren't either so no. um, you know a lot of them are are some old school some 80s some 90s films that are the the icons and we talk about you know just great female performances in movies um, in the horror genre there are some other ones that are more recent but I uh I don't think there's many cases in which the final girl trope in horrors, especially in slashers, um, have a lot of examples where they're also mothers. You know, there's obviously mm-hmm. the tropes of like the final girl being a virgin and being pure and, you know, surviving the uh, the evil bad guy and everything like that. Um, but, you know, I think we have a good mix of, of, of mom, of bad moms and good moms. <laughs> agreed, agreed. So yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Uh, before we get to our weekly horror news roundup, we do have a PSA from Manscaped this episode. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available available for purchase in the USA and in Canada. This new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we are one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. You can join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. That's 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. 
That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. You just have to use the code FANSIDED20. Yeah, and you know, I originally had the 3.0. Now there's the 4.0. My 3.0 is obsolete. Tech is mm-hmm. evolving. There's a mother that we'll be talking about that has to deal with sci-fi and the advancements of technology that we'll bring up. Um, but yeah, 4.0, fan side of 20, 20% off, free shipping. Boom. What a great deal. Yeah, you got to gotta upgrade. So uh, yeah, be sure to check that out if you're interested. Of course, it's a great gift for a significant other or anything like that. Um, I wouldn't buy it for your dad. That might be a little weird. Uh, but yeah, let's get into our weekly horror news roundup where Natalie is scared of the internet for everything to know when it comes to news and horror. And before we get into this, obviously there's two, well, one major headline uh, that we're really excited about. One that's going to confuse us. But mm-hmm. the third is I watched the Demon Slayer movie. And I am upset we didn't review that instead of Mortal Kombat because that is just a amazing movie. It has more horror elements than Mortal Kombat, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know you're not a massive anime fan, but Mm -hmm. one day maybe we'll talk about it. It was just mind-blowingly amazing. The animation is gorgeous. The horror aspects of it are fantastic. Anyway, I just wanted to shout that out. Shout out uh, Mugen Train. If you can go see it in theaters and feel comfortable doing it, go see it. It's amazing. Uh, support anime movies in theaters. Anyway, so yeah, getting on to uh, the Horror News Roundup. First thing, we have a Stranger Things Season 4 trailer teaser thingy. Yes. Um, my question is, what does it mean? So it looks like yesterday they had the Stranger Writers Twitter account that always does a bunch of teases and messes with fans tweeted it out like are you ready or something like that obviously caught the attention of many people myself included and then they released a really short video yesterday in with the description saying tomorrow at 9 a.m eastern so everyone was like there's going to be a trailer there's going to be a release date there's going to be something crazy um not a trailer or a release date but it is a teaser video that tells us a little bit about season four. So it looks like we're going to get more of Eleven's backstory. Dr. Brenner is back. Um, I think he's probably still dead, but we're going to get flashbacks. And I'm assuming we're going to meet more of the lab kids that were with Eleven, one to Eleven. Yeah, that makes me extremely excited because I think we talked about this before, that I wanted more of that backstory. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, people were very critical of her side plot in season two and being like, this is not what I wanted. Get back to the kids and uh, Do- uh, Hawkins and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I want more lore explained behind that. Uh, any more flashbacks with uh, Papa Matthew Modine mm-hmm. would be welcomed. Um, just more explanation as to why she has telekinetic powers and other kids that were experimented on. I think it would be super awesome because... I think doing another season of just like aliens and stuff might get a little stale mm-hmm. because obviously I loved the whole like Soviet aspect they worked into it with the um, with Russia and and who knows what's going on with Hopper and stuff like that. So that stuff has me really excited. But I think the show needs another angle now. And mm-hmm. anything involving L with her uh, superpowers, I'm I'm super down. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, I agree. I was one of those people that was critical of her whole little we all We all were. were. (laughs) It was terrible, but it wasn't because I didn't care about her backstory. It just was like, 
completely different tone, like felt so out of place and was weird. I don't know. I didn't like it, but I do want to know like what happened when she was in the lab. I don't really care about like, no offense. I don't really care about where like Callie is now or what she's up to now. That's fine. I'm attached to 11. I want her. I want to know, you know, what happened to her. Um, and yeah, I think season four is going to be really different because they're not in Hawkins anymore. We have to figure out what's going on with Hopper and Russia and now this. So I think there is a lot at play that it's not going to be the same, you know, Demogorgon coming into the mall in Hawkins and the same things over and over. Yeah. I, I think like looking, when we look back on Stranger Things when it's done, I think the fan base will appreciate Eleven's side plot in season two more because it'll be a more mm-hmm. cohesive addition to the story. It definitely felt out of place the first time they did it, but we got all of the great emo music memes. With, <laughs> um, She's so cute. And her massive amounts of eyeliner that she put on. So I'm down. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Of course, we anxiously await any information about a release date and when we can, we can expect season four. So we'll be sure to keep you up to date on everything like that, because as soon as it comes out, Natalie and I will be talking about it. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll keep you up to date. This next headline is just (laughs) a head scratcher. Um, So we all talked about uh, for at length, really, a couple episodes ago, the spiral trailer for the upcoming Mm -hmm. Saw sequel uh, with Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. And we're really excited about that movie. Uh, Well, cautiously optimistic, I'll say. Right. This headline is just confusing because there's another movie called Spiral coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a psychological thriller, which Saw has some psychological thriller aspects to it outside. Totally. The, you know, you, the, well, I don't even know how to describe that meme format. The one that's going around with like a poster and it's like a tiny bracket that says something and then it's like a larger bracket that's like a joke. You know what I'm talking about? Um, No. I'm not up on the times. It's it's like, I don't know how to describe the meme for it, but it's like the Saw example that I saw was like a poster of the first Saw movie. And it's like a little bracket at the top that says like an amazing psychological thriller involving uh, police dramas and everything like that. And then the bigger bracket is like lol torture porn. I, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I like quote tweeted one about Saw. I think maybe you maybe that's why I popped on my timeline. Yeah. I don't know how you described that whole meme format, but look, the uh, this movie is coming from director uh, director Petra Collins and it's being produced by none other than Drizzy Drake, Aubrey Graham. Um and it's starring Selena Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on here. And then did you read the like the only synopsis that is available right now from Deadline? It's the story follows a former influencer whose addiction to social media is causing her body to literally fall apart. Hmm. <laughs> so like I'm interested. Like if she tweets, does she lose an arm or something? <laughs> I guess so. I'm assuming it's gonna be like gross right like skin falling off body horror weird stuff yeah it all depends if this movie's rated r yeah if it's rated pg-13 it might be stupid is drizzy up to date with like body horror (laughs) i don't know i don't think so Uh, who who knows i mean last i saw him he had a heart carved into his hair in a super bowl yes and 
We got an album, right? We had a mixtape. I don't remember. I've listened to Drake. I think it was. I would think it was only a few songs. I don't listen to them anymore either. I'm kind of off that, but yeah, I remember people being like, "An album's coming out," and then people being disappointed. Yeah, the last album I got my hopes up for was More Life, which I enjoyed, and then I didn't like Scorpion at all. I just wasn't a fan of it. Um, Yeah, but. Anyway, this isn't an episode about <laughs> criticizing Drake and his music. But, um, yeah, this is interesting because there was that other movie I think we talked about um, either on the show or privately that Andrew Garfield uh, mm-hmm. drama about social media and, and being an influencer and everything like that. Mm-hmm. A, a, um, a horror movie. Mainstream, I think it's called. Yeah, mainstream. Um, a horror movie with like social media done in a way that has to do with like influencers of course like there's like it's not social media but there's like one missed call and, and yeah things like that um there's a i think it's called countdown a movie that has like a phone update that like oh marks exactly when you'll die about. or something like that i there's a lot of room to do a social media movie that's good um mm-hmm. why we're calling it the same thing as another movie that's just coming out <laughs> is interesting there was no other better title available there's a lot of I words know. In, there's a lot of words in the english language i know spiral i mean i'm sure it connects somehow but you could not do it just like something about social media well it would be hilarious if that drake and selena come out with a song called spiral to release a <laughs> yeah. movie and it goes up against 21 savages spiral that he did for a saw which is like <clears throat> that song like got me it's super so invested good. in the movie yeah um so that would be really funny. I guess it has to do something with like the spiral of social media and like doom mm-hmm. scrolling and everything like that. I wonder if they'll go scroll. 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 Yeah, there you go. Instead of spiral. Um, but yeah, obviously social media is a very interesting topic in the world. And I think we could all benefit from using social media a little less every day in our daily lives. Um, so we'll, we'll keep you up to date with more information on this new movie that has the same title as another movie that's coming out this year. Um, but we'll definitely review the other spiral. Yes. Because, um, Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson fighting a jigsaw copycat. I'm down. Same. It looks, it looks good. Potential to be good. Agreed. Um, so yeah, that's your weekly horror news roundup. Let us know if you're excited. Well, no, you're probably excited for Stranger Things. Let us know which direction you want to see the series go in now, considering that I think you and I are both on the same uh, same wavelength when it comes to mm-hmm. go away from the upside down and the Demogorgons and the Mind Flayers and stuff like that for at least a season. Just do something different um, yeah. to, to spice it up. Um, and then Selena Gomez and Drake doing a movie together. Who knew? Um but yeah, now it's time to get into our, our topic for today, which is Mother's Day. Highlighting the wonderful mothers in the world. Obviously, Happy Mother's Day to you, Mom. And I'm wishing your mother a Happy Mother's Day as well. Um, but our mothers are um, not quite as evil as the ones that we're going to talk about today. <laughs> yes, and I think it's interesting, too, because some of these moms are evil, but also good moms. Yeah. Like, so there's yeah, it's it's complicated. Yeah, there are the some of these mothers are the heroines of the film. They're the the parental figures that you look up to and you hope that they survive through the night and stuff like that. They're the mothers that are the entire impetus for the story. Um, 
one in particular that I added. There's one that's a mother in one timeline in a franchise, but not a mother in the other timeline. But she's a grandmother in that timeline. I think you know who we're talking about. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, I, I think, a, a great list here um, because, you know, we'll go through them. But just, like, picking one that I, like, go to, of course, the first one is Pamela Voorhees. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's just kind of, like, my love for Scream and just, like, having that scene with Drew Barrymore, like, uh carved into my like subconscious of being like yeah the no, trick question if you knew it was the mother blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so okay let's go through these and then i think we can go i don't know if we want to do the best ones and the worst ones or we can just go through them and we should say if we would want them to be our mom or not okay so no <laughs> disrespect no disrespect to our actual mothers they would be upset <laughs> In a fictional world, like would they would you be okay with them being your mom? Gotcha. Or and then maybe we can each assign one of these mothers to our actual mothers who we think they're most like. Okay. All right. My mom is Norma Bates. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's not home. She can't hear me. <laughs> Checking over my shoulder. Yeah, we're good. Okay. So do you want to start with Pamela Voorhees? I think she might be one of the most complicated because I think I've Talked about her in, in in another episode. I forget which one it is. We talked about Friday the Thirteenth a million times on the show, but like she is a killer, but she's a good mom. And I think I've already said like I would be down to have her as my mom because she just will protect you whatever the cost. Yeah, obviously when you look at Pamela Voorhees as a character, you're like this mother going around killing all these. <laughs> she's psycho. Yeah, killing all these teens at a camp. Uh, for whatever reason, and we'll find out at the end of the movie. But obviously, she has a some correct morals. I would think is okay to say. Um, mm-hmm. She obviously cares a lot about her son Jason, and is very traumatized from what happened to her son, uh, and seeing everything that went down at Camp Crystal Lake, and it drove her to murder, which is something no one should ever be driven to. Um, yeah, but. You know, you can understand when you like try to analyze and critique the movie. It's like I understand why she's protecting her son. She's just going about it the completely wrong way, and she's part of one of the greatest reveals in horror, mm-hmm. uh, which has to have her up there regardless. She doesn't have much screen time, uh, you know, when it's her dominating with some lines and stuff. Uh, it's not really until the end of the movie when she's revealed, but uh, I think it. What, once the reveal happens, you have a greater appreciation for her character and all of the things that she went around Camp Crystal Lake doing to all of these teens. Like, mm-hmm. the the Kevin Bacon scene is super iconic. I love that kill. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just funny thinking of about Pamela Voorhees under the bed. <laughs> doing that. Yeah, killing <laughs> Kevin Bacon like that. It's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, I'm not a mom, but I can imagine any mom, if their child was killed, they would imagine doing this. They would want to do this. It's just, you're not everyone's going to, you know, follow through with it. But that just means Mrs. Voorhees is dedicated. Yeah. And like mother, like son, I guess, in this case, yeah. um, because she laid the blueprint out for for her son to, to terrorize some teens. But, um, in terms of like 
she might be a little too protective. Not as oh, yeah. overprotective as another mother on this list we can talk about. Um, yes. But I think Pamela wouldn't be the worst to choose from this list in terms of mothers and being like, yeah, okay. I have to explain to her why, or my friends, why she's a little all over the place. But, you know, she probably, if I could convince her that my friends were good people, she, mm-hmm. she'd probably be very welcoming to them, I hope. Yeah. And I think if you're happy, she's happy, right? She only goes on this rampage because poor Jason is killed. Like, there's no... It's not like we got to see really, you know, him just hanging out with friends and her being like, don't hang out with your friends. Like, she has a reason here. Yeah. She was like, Jason, (laughs) my lovely son, go do whatever you want to do. The world is your oyster. And then he didn't come home one day. He's just dead. And she was like, what could have happened to my poor boy? And she thought all these teens were having sex at this (laughs) summer camp and got to cleanse them of their sins and... Yeah, I think I'm starting to argue against her, but um, no, I, I, I definitely understand. I you have to give uh, credit to how iconic Pamela Voorhees is, and Mm -hmm. you know, she's in one of the 500 movies there are. Obviously, a great over exaggeration of the Friday the 13th movies. (laughs) Um, Basically, though, she definitely tops the list. I think for top three all-time mothers in horror. Yeah, I agree. Hands down. Um, but she's not a bad one. I just don't think she's my first choice. Yeah. When it comes to this list. I have one definitely in mind that, that's later on. That's like, that's the mom I want. All you other mothers <laughs> do not compare to my mother. My fictional <laughs> horror sci-fi mother. All right, so this one will say, yes, we'd take her as a mom, but she's not a favorite. Correct. All right, let's get into our next one, but let's take our first break, and then we'll be right back. All right, next up is another iconic mom, Norma Bates from Psycho, or I put here Bates Motel, because, of course, in the original Psycho We don't know much about Norma Bates. We think that she's just an old lady living upstairs in the house next to the motel. And then, of course, it's revealed that she was dead the whole time. So we don't know. Spoilers! (laughs) I am so sorry. Um, We don't know anything about her except for she produced a psycho, as the title says it. I'm not calling him a psycho. I'm not judgmental. But, you know, that's the title of the movie, so I'm going to use it. I think if you're going to be judgmental on anybody, Norman Bates is fine. <laughs> to be judgmental about. Yeah, her son tor- turned out to be Norman Bates, so there has to be something a little fishy about her. Um, and then if you watched Bates Motel, I didn't watch all of it, but I used to watch the like the first few seasons. Um, Vera Farmiga does such a good job of portraying her, and you can tell that she is a little. She's got a screw loose. Yeah, or a couple. Um, I haven't watched all of Base Motel either. I've seen a couple episodes yeah. here and there. Um, I think Vera Farmiga is awesome casting uh, to play such an iconic character that it, you know, in the same way that like Pamela Voorhees is revealed at the end of Friday the 13th to be the killer all along, Norma Bates is revealed to just be a figment of his imagination, uh-huh. essentially, um, at the end of Psycho. And it's a startling reveal. Um, it's Obviously, 
can't we we both can't relate to what the reaction was like in theaters back then. Yeah. But like watching it now in black and white is like the heck? It's just like, oh, okay, that's a corpse at the bottom of a basement. That's really, really bizarre. Um mm-hmm. this is a mother I definitely don't want. Not in any any way, because also I feel like after she passes on to the the whatever you believe in, um mm-hmm. she's just got this psychological grasp on my mind and I have to true be extremely messed up in the head for the rest of my life. Yeah, this is true. I definitely don't want her as my mom either. I think too in Bates Motel, just seeing the way that her and Norman interact, he never knows what is going on. She's always doing sketchy shit. Like I just feel like she's not a good mom and she does a lot of things to protect him. So it seems like he's her priority, but then at the same time, there's always so much drama. She's getting into really bad situations that, you know, affect him. So I'm going to say, even if she has good intentions, no, just a hard pass on that one. Hard pass. Agreed. (laughs) Do you, which, which do you like better compared to Friday? Because they're both the two big, like, mother reveals in horror mm-hmm. um like the idea of when i watched psycho for the first time i already had the knowledge in my head that norman bates was the killer all along mm, I, just, I didn't oh you didn't uh-huh oh okay so um the reveal that she was dead was still new to me like that still kind of surprised me uh-huh. uh i i think the end of friday the 13th that was just so much more uh startling because you don't expect it to be the mother all along that's been killing everybody. Yeah. So which do you prefer Pamela or Norma? I'm going to say Pamela. I agree. Like I didn't know the psycho reveal when I watched it for the first time when I was younger. And I remembered the corpse scared the shit out of me. Like I jumped. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, Holy shit. Like, what is this? <laughs> I didn't say Holy shit. Cause I was younger, but, or maybe I did. I don't know what I was saying in middle school, but anyway, um, yeah, that like really scared me. But I think looking back to like the Pamela Voorhees reveal still, when I think about it, I'm like, ooh, like get chills. That is iconic. And I think, yeah, I do like it better, even though, you know, I think Psycho is a better movie, but that's a different conversation. Oh, 100%. Um, <laughs> like also Norma, Norman. I yeah. Don't, I don't want my mother to be Maxine and I'm <laughs> like that. Or like, what's the male equivalent of natalie nate nate nathaniel you mean nathaniel nathaniel and natalie or nathan and natalie i don't i don't know yeah i I wonder why uh hitchcock did that couldn't have just been something they had to have a similar name i know yeah i don't like that at all it's weird unnatural very interesting um but yeah also just like a mother that also is not prevalent at all, theoretically speaking, in Psycho. It's just this idea of a um, mm-hmm. of a mom that's looming in the background, and you know she's going to play some kind of part in the movie somehow, but you just don't expect it to be the reveal that it is. And I think, as like a jump scare and a startling reveal as that is, like that's not what I'm left. Like I'm more left with the end of Psycho with Norman Bates staring at the camera like that, yeah. that scene mm-hmm. st- like left a, a bigger impact on me personally than 
uh, Norma did compared to Pamela, which is um, which is why I'm also just going to say no. I don't also want to keep my mother's skeleton in my basement. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I think with the with the Pamela Voorhees reveal, it's like it's scary about her, but with Psycho, it's scary about Norman. It's like okay, Norma doesn't even matter at this point. Norman is the is the psychotic one for sure. Um, I, I want to watch all of Base Motel again because obviously it's it's technically canon um, to mm-hmm. the, the Psycho universe, and I want to see how. Mm, I guess like justice is the right word, or just like what they did to further expand the the Psycho world because it's the the sequels that come after it are awful. The Gus Van Sant yeah. one is awful. Um, and this one got a lot of praise from critics. And uh, yeah, again, Vera Farmiga is awesome. So I, I want to watch this series. Yeah, I agree. I think it was one of those things where it was just on air, so I couldn't keep up with it. Like, I would watch it when it was live on TV, and I'm terrible at doing that. So, yeah, same. I'm streaming services all the way nowadays. Can't, uh, <laughs> can't deal with it. Um, but yeah, let's move on to our next mother and another mother here who we just don't, I can say, safely off the Hard now. Hard pass. Hard pass. Um, and that is Margaret White from Carrie. And I mean, for all of the protective things we said about Pamela caring about Jason, mm-hmm. Carrie care, or Margaret cares way too much about yes. Carrie. She needs to back it off a little bit. My mother had a a saying she used to joke around because you know helicopter moms you know helicopter moms uh-huh. they fly around it's like what kind of helicopter mom do you have do you have like a news helicopter mom that flies around and needs to know everything about you do you have a black hawk helicopter for a mom where she's just like on top of you rockets and and machine guns ready to fly at any case um you know is she, is she like the mom I, i'm running out of helicopters <laughs> I love this, the arm motion that you're doing. Yeah, for those of you see, I'm like simulating a helicopter with my hand, just so, yeah, as if I need to do this. But, you know, um, I talk with my hands a lot. Uh, (laughs) Margaret White is just a a troubled person who should not be a mother. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that she, I don't even care who else we talk about the rest of the episode. She is the worst mom in horror. Like, I'm just, I'm very confident in that answer. She is terrible. And, like, she is the reason why Carrie just has so many problems. Like, I understand Carrie, like, she has a telekinesis, but that she doesn't figure that out until after she's been bullied and broken down and is a total outcast. And, of course, bullying is terrible, and I would never encourage bullying or excuse it. But if her mom just let her be a normal person, maybe she wouldn't get bullied. Yeah. The <laughs> the interesting thing, too, is that like she's a bad mom in the sense of being a bad mom, right? She's an amazing character for Carrie because there's just an awesome amount of um, storytelling that's done on screen that shows like how her parenting has messed up Carrie to be in the state that she's in. And Mm -hmm. Carrie, for all the flaws she has as a character, you know, she did kill a lot of people. Um, 
her telekinetic powers, like if I was the father of someone with telekinetic powers, I'd be like, yo, that's amazing. But also like, holy shit, that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. I don't know if I would bring religion into it. <laughs> it's just not who I am personally, but you yeah. can see that like, it's such a, a very interesting character trait to have the mother think that her child is like demon spawned and how that affects her everyday life and her social life in high school, because it's hard enough being a kid in high school Mm -hmm. and to have your mother also think you're the spawn of the devil is is even worse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I think, you know, I don't want to knock religion. I'm not a religious person, but I won't get into that. But just the fact that she's just so extreme about something, like, I don't care what it is. She's just so extreme about something that anything that's a little bit different or, you know, the norm is just like, is blasphemy from her. And she's, she's just a terrible, terrible mother all altogether. Doesn't want what's best for Carrie and is a bad person, I would argue. Yeah. And it's so like the, the ups and downs it goes from like rooting for Carrie in the beginning of being like, damn, you, your home life sucks. You're being bullied mm-hmm. at school. That's terrible. Um, no one should have to go through this. And then, the climax of the movie with her, the, the prom scene essentially. Um, mm-hmm. And then for it to end with kind of getting her justice that she feels that she deserved from her mother and stuff like that. It's like, you're like, you're happy for her in that sense because of how traumatized she was by her home life. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, mm, don't kill your mother. Like this, it's weird. It's such a, it's such a crazy <laughs> dynamic that yes. the movie pulls off, which is awesome. Um, the, the thing that I probably didn't like the most about the remake was the relationship between, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz's Carrie and Julianne Moore's Margaret White, which stinks because I like both of them Mm -hmm. as actors. And I thought Julianne Moore would be a great casting for Margaret White. Uh, but the, the original just stands out as being, um, an iconic mother daughter relationship in all of movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think the original was just a lot scarier. So that their whole dynamic seemed like there was more at stake, I guess. Yeah, I would say that's, uh, that's safe to say. Um, but uh, again, an easy, hard no. no. I'm, I'm glad my mother was not like that at all. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, that's just a, I would never even consider saying yes, that would be my mom. Um, all right, moving on and never looking back. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wendy Torrance from The Shining. This one I'm like, eh, about. I think she's a good mom. Her circumstances were just fucked. But she she did it. She made it in the end. Yeah, she, she saved did. Danny. So I'm, I'm down. <laughs> nice. Cool. <laughs> Wendy, come on down. Um, yeah, the... Wendy Torrance is also a mother I would want. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a mother that you can sympathize with as a viewer because obviously you can tell she's in some sort of abusive relationship uh, with Jack and the struggles of him being an alcoholic and, and abusing Danny and her are very prevalent in the movie. They're not explicitly shown. Yeah. They're just a lot of mannerisms and the very particular directing style of Stanley Kubrick that makes The Shining one of the greatest movies of all time. Um but when she uh, 
when she turn when the the big reveal happens in the movie and the the tone of the film drastically changes uh you know wendy you like you sympathize with her so much uh, mm-hmm. even more at that point in the movie because she's running for her life in this hotel where she's terrified she's running into ghosts that are just like corpses that are bloody and gory and trying to escape her her possessed husband and uh i would i'd take one day as a mom i you know i haven't seen you've seen dr sleep right or no yeah okay is that explored more in that movie without any spoilers um not really it's not mostly not. just like danny gotcha. danny's because mm-hmm. that Danny and Wendy's relationship isn't that much dived into in The Shining. Yeah. Once they're in the hotel as a family, it's very much about their own individual experiences. And Mm -hmm. Wendy's experiences pale in comparison to Danny and Jack's when it comes to furthering the plot. Mm -hmm. Like the the hotel bar scene with Jack is the most important part in the movie, I think. I'd say Mm -hmm. in terms of like showing the descent into madness. Yeah. Other than him just standing outside the window being like, hey, <laughs> what are you doing out there? <laughs> Absolutely creepy as hell. Um, but yeah, um, it's one of the rare cases in horror where like the mother makes it out alive with the son. She saves the mm-hmm. day. Usually it's like the, the kid saves the parents or the parents die trying to save the kids. Um, and uh, yeah, Shelley Duvall is fantastic as as Wendy Torrance. Yeah, agreed. And yeah, I do really like her. And I think it's just interesting thinking of it like she's in this hotel with her family, like the only thing she has, presumably her husband, who of course she's in love with, that's her partner. Like imagine that being your significant other completely turns on you is dangerous now and it's like okay like survival mode i need to take my kid and we need to get the fuck out of here like feelings are off the table at this point it's like you need to just fight for your life and that that's insane i can't imagine it yeah and it's like you wish um what like you wish like danny was a bit older so that like he could help Wendy out in a bit, like in a sense, because uh-huh. like she, uh, the the sense of like hopelessness that yeah. I feel relating to Wendy in that situation where she's being chased about, and like the scene where like, give me the bad Wendy, and she mm-hmm. that was a little Donald, that's <laughs> a Jack Nicholson, but like, um, like in a sense of like I don't need Danny to save her, but like to feel that she's not alone in the situation, yeah, and the the odds and the, the 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 stakes being like okay not only do you have to get out of the way of your abusive husband who has now completely lost his mind and he might be part of the hotel no one knows um <laughs> but also your son is going through some episodes and you need to figure this all out there's a blizzard outside save the day and she's yeah. just like this traumatized woman that at the end of it when she succeeds it's like all that more satisfying um and a uh, a worthy conclusion to the story that I love. It's just that that scene where she's just flailing the bat at him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like the first time I watched it, I was like, she's going to die. She's dead. A hundred percent. She's dead. <laughs> but like, I also know that I haven't gotten the scene where he's like, here's Johnny. Like that's the worst thing about trailers. is like when you see a scene, you're like yeah. that movie, I haven't seen that scene yet. So 
something crazy is not going to happen right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is funny. Um, so yeah, we'll, we're both saying she is a good mom. We take her. She goes through some shit and she gets out with Danny. So she's a good one. Um, our next one, Chris from The Exorcist, the mom in The Exorcist, of course. Um, right off the bat, I'm just gonna say, good mom. The entire movie is about saving. Reagan and that's what she does that is like her life mission at this point for the movie so good mom good mom labeled good mom yeah a a good-hearted mom with the right (laughs) intentions and everything like that yes Um, again I don't know like it's interesting to compare it to Margaret because like Margaret takes it into her own hands and she's like I you're a devil go into the closet and stay there and think about what you've done and uh and Chris McNeil is just like, uh, I should probably get a priest. That's probably good. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. I think, yeah, Chris's situation seems more relatable, not like we've been through any possessions. But I think if I saw, you know, my child going through this, I'd be like, okay, doctor. And if I was a religious person, okay, priest, like I need all the people who know what the fuck they're doing to help me and not be like, you're showing your dirty pillows or whatever the fuck. Margaret White says. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like I like that she sought out the correct help in the situation yeah. and didn't take matters into her own hands and risk her own life and her um and her child's life, which is good. So Chris McNeil is definitely one of the better moms <laughs> in horror in terms yeah. of having a good head on her shoulders and figuring out exactly what she needs to do in the situation because who knows how anybody would react, react to the fact that their kid is laying in bed, their head is spinning, and they're puking bile all over the place. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, she doesn't get too much character development or yeah. much focus just because the story is about saving her daughter. But just for that fact, we're saying, yes, she's she's a great mom. The next one, on the other hand... It's just <laughs> is a mother. Yeah, I don't I don't even know what my opinion is. So the next one is Mother, no name from Good Night Mommy. Um I don't want her as my mom. Me either. Is my is my feeling. Yeah, I uh Oh god, what a crazy situation. <laughs> yeah. Um so imagine like your mom comes home from a surgery, just has bandages all over, doesn't speak for the most part. Probably isn't even your mom is what you're thinking. And now you're just in this terrible, terrifying situation. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. I haven't seen this movie in a while. And you've already, we are, you guys already know our thoughts on this movie. Um, yeah. And it's upcoming remake. There just has to be something that led those kids to do what they did. Mm-hmm. Because True. it's just like, um, maybe it was the father. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe some neglectful parenting on both ends in the situation. But the fact that the movie plays out the way it does is just absolutely bizarre on all fronts. And uh, yeah, why are we remaking this movie? <laughs> I'm going to watch it, but yeah, I don't know. You're I'm, part of the problem. Part of the problem. <laughs> This is true. Um, yeah, so just I want to be as far away from that situation as possible. So I'm just going to vote a no on that one. Yeah, you also like <laughs> you, you're unaware throughout most of your viewing the first time of whether or not to sympathize with the mother yeah. and what she's going through. And like, is 
is she who she says she is? And are the kids just little shits? Who knows? Um, at the end of it, you, you have your, your judgment to make. Um, and it's a pretty clear one to make. Uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, the movie doesn't kind of, the, the movie's not revolved around her as a parent. It's revolved yeah. around, is she the parent, essentially? Um, yeah, that uncertainty, are you my mom? I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, are you my mom? Are you... <laughs> that would be a be a whole nother mess to go through. In a, oh, my, are you my mom? I, are you sure? Like, I saw you a couple weeks ago, but. I'm not sure. Um, that's a hard pass. Yeah, it's a hard pass for me too. I'm good on. I'm good on mother. <laughs> yeah, same. Okay, we have a few more left, but let's take our final break here, and then we'll be right back. Okay, our next one: Annie Graham, the protagonist, Tony Collette from Hereditary, the icon. Yes. So my feeling is amazing performance. She is a good mom. She has good intentions. All she really cares about is her daughter. Um, Her son is kind of neglected a little bit by her because she's so focused on her daughter. I think the dad is more focused on the son and what he's going through. But I think she has good intentions. She's also mourning the loss of her mom, which was very recent. So, uh, I don't know. She's a bit unhinged, but it's because of her circumstances. So, I'm kind of torn on this one. Is there a horror mother that has so much character development compared to Annie Graham in Hereditary that has, like, trauma Mm -hmm. and the aspects of being a parent and everything that happens throughout the movie? Like, she gets a lot of shit thrown on her plate. Yeah. I don't think so, honestly. I feel like the moms, unless you're, I guess, Norma Bates, um, they're kind of just like, like there to like help, I guess. Like they're not really the point of the story. They're more of like the Chris and the Wendy of like, all right, I need to save my kid because they're going through some shit. Yeah. The the thing is, like Tony Collette. Mm-hmm. I. That'd be awesome if Tony Collette was my mother. Um, yeah. Annie Graham, there might be some problems in terms of yeah. parenting and raising. But, like, also, I know you're like, I'll deal with it. It's Annie Graham from Hereditary. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. I might say no, just because if I'm thinking of it like her, I don't know. She's definitely a ride or die mom. She's gonna be there for you, except if she gets goes too far down witchcraft or whatever else she thinks is going to, you know, bring someone back. And I think that kind of unreasonable thinking, I know it's because she's going through a ton of trauma and she just wants to do anything she can to save her kids, but it's just not logical thinking. I don't yeah. think that she works well under pressure. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. it doesn't work well under pressure. <laughs> it's like it's like one of those questions you get on like uh, an interview for a job. How would you handle adversity? And you're <laughs> like, I would resort to witchcraft. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I'm going to go with the other person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's hard because I know I said I like Pamela Voorhees because she acted out of passion. She killed people because her son died. 
And this is a completely different situation. But I think with this one, she wasn't helping, even though she thought she was. So I think she has more of a pure heart and she was trying to do things the way she thought would be good. I think I'd rather have Pamela that's like, no, I'm out for blood. I'm going to be evil and do something to stick up for my kid or, you know, avenge my kid's death. Um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're also taking this into consideration that we're alive with Pamela Voorhees. Like, we, yeah. we haven't died and Pamela is now on the killing spree. Um, Annie, we get much more of Annie Graham as a mother throughout the entire movie before mm-hmm. she, before the, you know, witchcraft and, and wizardry. <laughs> um, the, the whole Pamela thing is like, okay, well, Jason's dead. She's at this point. We don't know if she was like, you know, did she buy her son ice cream? Mm-hmm. Like, this is true. Did she have the dollar for the ice cream truck that always rolls around <laughs> throughout the neighborhood? We'll never know. Um, need that spinoff. Jason's <laughs> summer camp experience. Childhood. Yeah, Jason's childhood. I'm surprised they haven't done like a legit like backstory type of thing. Like Jason as a child. I mean, considering how they handled the the sequels, I'm not convinced they handle any of the backstory the right way either. So yeah. I'm good. We don't need that. <laughs> like to go from a swamp monster essentially to a cybernetic organism in space <laughs> is just how did we get here? Let's find out. Oh, he was in New York City. How did he get there? We don't need, we don't need any more of that. Um, but yeah, as iconic as Annie Graham and Hereditary both are, unfortunately, I'm going to go no as well. That would not be an ideal. If we're going to say no to Margaret White, we have to say no to Annie. Yeah, I agree. Um, this next one is one that is uh, <laughs> genetically speaking impossible, um, but it is the alien queen in Alien because I was Googling. I was like, I need to think of horror moms. I can't think of any. So I Googled yeah. some. Like an article from Screen Rant came up and they were like, the most badass moms mm. in horror. And I was like, Yo, this is a great article. Exactly what I'm looking for. And I clicked on it and it was like number three, Alien Queen. And I was like, hmm, one, I don't want to be a xenomorph. Two, I'm going to die. By the mm-hmm. hands of Sigourney Weaver, and I guess in a movie that's not a bad way to go out. Um, but also, again, this is just genetically very, very <laughs> improbable. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I would say probably if you're a xenomorph, good mom will act out of spite. True. A lot more of like the animalistic, you know, tendencies of like if something's happening to you, the mom is gonna take you out kind of thing like survival of the fittest and your mom's got your back true true so like i'm saying a good mom but it's hard to imagine yeah very hard to imagine <laughs> i don't know what it's like to be a xenomorph sorry to all yeah. the xenomorphs out there. can't relate <laughs> who are listening yeah unfortunately um we'll never know but also you gotta know that your mom's gonna die in the end and even if you're alive, yeah. then your whole life mission is then to avenge your mother's death, um, which is hard to do as an alien because you don't know what's going on, essentially. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, alien queen. The thing about Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney Weaver's not a mother figure. She's a mother figure, but she's not technically a, a mother mm-hmm. um, in the franchise. But I would much rather have Ellen Ripley as my mom than Same. anybody else. Like Ellen Ripley's mom would be awesome. <laughs> she would kick everybody's ass. And it's obviously different because we talked about a lot of these moms are kind of 
antagonist uh, and antagonists mm-hmm. um essentially and ellen ripley is very much the protagonist so yeah yeah sign me up for ellen ripley mom <laughs> okay no alien queen no alien queen <laughs> i'm good there well this next one though is the one i had my eyes on i was like this is the mom to okay. end all moms in horror slash sci-fi um and this is the mom i would want the most and she's also a protagonist. Um, yeah. Well, Chris McNeil's also a protagonist, but um, it's uh, it's Sarah Connor uh, from The Terminator. Uh, Linda Hamilton, absolutely mm-hmm. iconic um, as the mother of the savior of the human race, who is John Connor. Um, and if I was her son, I would be the savior of the human race, and that would be awesome. No, um, yeah, the the whole dynamic of Terminator being not only based around a Hulk of a man named Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mm -hmm. a, as a robot coming back to kill people from the future. Um, but like traveling back in time and being like, your son is the one who's going to save the world and you can't die because they're trying to stop your son from being born is awesome. Um, she's has, she's an awesome character arc in the entire franchise from going as a, uh, the original Linda Hamilton. We're not talking about Amelia Clark's Sarah. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to, to <laughs> Khaleesi, of course. Um, just saying, you just got disrespect. You were disrespected at the end of the season of Game of Thrones. I don't think that <laughs> Terminator movie did you really a lot of justice, everything like that. But she goes from being the damsel in distress, essentially, and just trying to stay alive, not understanding why this is happening to her and. Uh, why the governor of California is hunting her down. It's it's really confusing. Um, But when you see her again in judgment day, she's the badass. She's the, she's like any Terminator. I don't care. I'll destroy them. And that's like, that's awesome to see. Um, And when she reappears in the new one, dark fate, I was like, "Ah." (laughs) you still like her. You still want to see her. Yeah. It's awesome that like a character I grew up with is, back in a new movie of a franchise I love it's just like I wish at that point she was just like nah I don't want to do this anymore please like let's not do anything to tarnish the legacy of Sarah Connor because uh, just an icon an absolute icon yeah so I've only seen the first Terminator and it was when I was very young so I don't have much to say but I will say yes, I would take Sarah Connor as my mom. I know who she is as a character. I know how iconic she is. And she's a badass. She's a good person. She's a good character. So all that information, that's all I need to know. Say less. Yeah. You gotta see you've never seen Judgment Day. <laughs> no. You gotta watch Judgment Day. It's like it's James Cameron. Come on. <laughs> I mean, just there's at least one movie every episode that you haven't seen. I'm like, just go watch the movie. <laughs> you haven't seen I know. It Anytime it's like action, horror, Jason, I'm like, eh. I had, I had such nightmares about the Terminator growing up. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, I was at my grandparents' house on my dad's side when I was like six or seven. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather uh, on my dad's side, who passed away a number of years ago, um, it was a pipe smoker. And so he'd sit in his uh, in his little office and watch movies and smoke his pipe and stuff like that. And I remember wandering in there as like a six year old and being like, "Hi, Grandpa!" <laughs> He's like, "Hey, hey, Max, come on, sit down." And I was like, "Okay." And I would sit on his like recliner chairs that he had up against the wall, and he had Terminator on, and uh-huh. 
I was like, what's this grandpa? He's like, oh, it's a Terminator. The Terminator's going to get you. And I'm like, what? And that scarred me. And I would have nightmares of waking up in the middle of the night, opening my door, and Arnold Schwarzenegger with his glasses and his robot oh eyes God. would be walking up the stairs and be dum 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 And I'd be like, I'm dead. I'm dead. It was scary. Those nightmares <laughs> terrified me as a kid. Absolutely. Um, that sounds really scary. Oh, really, really scary. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Sarah Connor, that's the one I'm choosing. Number one overall, best mom okay. in horror, sci-fi adjacent thriller, psychological robots from the past future. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our next one is one that I completely forgot was a mom because the movie that we're referring to is one of my guilty pleasures favorites ever. And that's Laurie Strode in the Halloween franchise. In Halloween H2O, she is the mom to Josh Hartnett. <laughs> Why are we laughing at Josh Hartnett? <laughs> he was such like the heartthrob of those days. It's oh, just 100%. so like, it, it just makes the movie what it is. Um, and then in the reboot, the Halloween 2018 and then the new one, she is a grandma. So she's a mom to... Um, what's her name? The actress? Uh, Judy Greer. Yes. So she's a mom in a few movies. And I think in the reboot, she kind of was painted in a worse picture than in H2O. Like she's seen as like the crazy grandma that's like, Michael's going to come back. We got to have like a bomb shelter so that when he comes, we're going to hide in there. And her daughter is like, oh, my God, you're scaring, like, my daughter. Why are you like this? You need to give it up. And you know what happens. He does come back, and that shelter comes in handy. So, fuck you, Judy Greer. <laughs> well, hold on. Judy Greer knew all along. She was like, I know what I'm doing here. I'm going to trap him in the ba- the basement. Gotcha. Yeah. Boom, yeah. shotgun. Um, this is true, but still, they yeah. all thought she was crazy, and – she was maybe a little bit, but she was right. Yeah. In that case, like <laughs> if I was the mom, if I was Lori in this reboot in a universe, re- reboot yeah. universe, um, I would a hundred percent in that situation, turn to my kid and go, I told you so. <laughs> like you thought I was crazy. <laughs> I'm not. Um, the, exactly. I do like that. Lori way more than the Halloween one because I like the survival kind of bomb shelter aspect of her character in, in the in the reboots compared mm-hmm. to H2O because she's kind of just going about her life in H2O is like, everything's fine. I, yeah, so I, I had to fight off what I thought was my evil brother. <laughs> I th- yeah, right? Michael, yeah. yeah, Michael's her brother in H2O. In that one, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know, because I feel like she still was paranoid in this one, just not as badly as in the new ones. Like, she wasn't totally carefree. She didn't want Josh Hartnett to go on, like, the school trip, because it was on Halloween, and she was like, Michael's gonna come, so don't <laughs> no, go. No, I know I, I know that aspect of it, but, like, she's also, like, she lives her life, essentially. Yeah. Um, she has a job. She goes outside. Yeah. She, you know. <laughs> She doesn't have a a, a a a what is that called a shooting range in her backyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just like that character development that they chose for those the reboots more mm-hmm. than H two O because I think the trauma of what happened 
in the original Halloween comes out a bit more. Um, yeah. As a like movie. imagine if that happened to you, I would not be having a regular job and going places every day. Yeah. I think we'd both be somewhere between that and having a shooting range in our backyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's a healthy middle in there somewhere. It's yeah. just like, no one cares for the healthy middle in these movies. We want the extremes one way or the other. Um, and the H2O, H2O one is more closer to the middle of like kind of leading, mm-hmm. leading a normal life. Um, but that's what kind of bothers me with the Scream sequels is that Sydney tries to live too much of a normal life when yeah. like it's very clear that it's nearly impossible for her to live a normal life in the Scream movies because there's always someone out there trying to get her um, that I just love – I, l- I would love if they did that with the fifth screen movie. It's like mm-hmm. Sydney's like traumatized from the fact that her, is it her niece? Emma Roberts is her niece, right? Um, I think. No, that wouldn't make any sense. Sydney didn't have a sister. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure to be honest. I don't Goddaughter? remember. I don't remember. All I know is Emma Roberts. Um, <laughs> the, what is it? I just want to uh, see that kind of character development play out in a screen movie, which would be awesome in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, either Lori, I'm totally cool with. Same. I think she would be a really good mom. I think like she, no matter what, she's going to have the paranoia, but that's just because of all of the freaking baggage that she has, rightfully so. So yeah, I'm saying yes. Yeah, good I think I, I would relate more to my mother too. She told me about how she had to run away from, yeah. from a psychopath <laughs> on Halloween one time. Um, and I would be like, I understand why you're being a helicopter mom and why you're taking all these things into consideration. Um, just, it would be harder to have reboot Lori as your mom because she's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> like sneaking up and being like, bang, you're dead. And I'm like, holy crap, mom, don't do that to me at all. Never. Yes, and I remember that her daughter too said that like her childhood was terrible because of that. So yeah, mm, much to think about. Much th- either way, Lori the goat. Yeah. So yeah, 100%. yes. Um, the final one on our list uh, is one that we have yet to see play out in a second movie, but soon we will. There was a final trailer that released uh, a couple days mm-hmm. ago, um, and that is Evelyn Abbott in A Quiet Place, which obviously played by Emily Blunt, the real-life wife of John Krasinski, who plays Mr. Abbott. What's his name? I can't remember. Um, Lee. Lee. Lee Abbott. Um, <laughs> there's no Costello in this movie. That's a little depressing. Um, that one went over your head, or no? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Abbott I was like, Abbott. And, uh, Castel- Abbott and Costello, who's on first? Who? Never mind. Um, yeah, <laughs> Evelyn Abbott is uh, a total badass, uh, and she looks to be even more of a badass in part two. Just mm-hmm. unfortunately, that movie's had so many delays to COVID. Have you seen the latest trailer? No, I haven't watched it yet. So it seems like John Krasinski's coming back in some way. Yeah, um, I think I heard that. And some like flashback scenes or stuff like that. But he mm-hmm. he, he did. He real did. Yeah. Um, but the whole dynamic of A Quiet Place outside of the fact that there are aliens with super hearing roaming the earth and killing everybody <laughs> that makes a sound outside. Mm-hmm. Um, the dynamic of Emily Blunt being the, the mother to these two kids, um, one of which who is deaf uh, and the other one of which... Uh, 
you know, spoil. I know we're like, is it spoiler warning uh, or uh, not? I, I guess if you haven't seen A Quiet Place, I guess sorry for the spoiler. Um, but the movie kicks off with a bang, and it just shows a mother losing her kid right in front of her um, to a alien. What do they, have a, do they have a name? I don't think so. I think they're just the alien. Yeah, because I think for the most part, like they just have no idea what it is. It's like a brand new thing, and they're like, all we know is we just need to be quiet. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's yeah. a quiet place. It is a quiet place. Um, so yeah, I would uh, I would say Evelyn Abbott would be a great mom. Uh, obviously, a very traumatic experience that plays out um, in her character arc, and mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what happens because Lee is very much the focus of the first one when it comes to saving the day and protecting the daughters and the whole climax of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. With another spoiler, again, sorry. Uh, him dying to save his own daughter's life is uh, an insanely emotional Crazy. moment. Uh, yeah. you know, one you didn't cry or give a shit about, which I understand because she hate that movie, but I cried. <laughs> I don't hate him. <laughs> I know, I was just trying to throw you on the bus. But obviously that, I'm, I'm very interested to see how much they play that into her character development mm-hmm. while also adding whoever Cillian Murphy is supposed to be or Killian, Killian Murphy is supposed to be. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Evelyn Abbott, yes, no? Yes, I think she's a complete badass. I mean, also, like, she's, like, has, to, like, she's pregnant, about to have a baby, can't make any noise. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's insane. Let's see, yes. I love that they wrote that into the movie. <laughs> it's just, like... It's fucked up. Figure this out somehow. Like, how are we going to work? Obviously, a very, one, emotional moment in, in the life of being a parent. Mm-hmm. But also one that is very much characterized in movies as being a loud moment. Yeah. <laughs> um and <laughs> it just uh God, it's uh it's a the what's the word I'm looking for? The tension. Yeah. Throughout a quiet place is fantastic. Um so yeah, Evelyn Abbott, A plus, Emily Blunt. Yes. Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, if you want to adopt both of us, we're both down as well. <laughs> This is very true. <laughs> That's mom and dad. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think back to like the pandemic a couple, like I'd say a couple months ago, but like back in the beginning, like John Krasinski and Emily Blunt on that some good news thing that they were doing. Yeah, time. that was so fun. Agreed. Um, they're awesome. Aww. So uh, if, uh, again, we're, we're up for adoption. No, we're not up for adoption. <laughs> but <laughs> um, Stop. Yeah, that would upset our actual mothers. <laughs> uh, but godmothers and godfathers, why not? Yeah. Um, honorable mentions, any off the top of your head that we forgot? Honestly, I don't think so. Can you think of any? I obviously think of a quiet place, I thought of Bird Box, but Sandra Bullock isn't yeah. their mother. She's there. Remember the, the other woman gives birth to those two kids and then she dies? No, I don't remember that. I write that movie from my memory because it was so stupid. Do you remember how everyone was like so hyped up about Bird Box? They were like, "Yeah, this is the like Bird Box challenge and stupid shit." Like, yes, that was terrible. That movie it was ugh, that movie's terrible. Um, I when we were doing the list, I thought of the mother from Paranormal Activity three. Mm-hmm. That's a bad mom. Yeah, that's a real bad mom. Yeah, she means well, but just not. Oh no, the grandmother's really bad. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, the grandma is evil. The mom is just like, she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't save the day, so. Yeah, she's just kind of there and then watches her husband. She cares. She cares, which is half the fight. The other half yeah. is not taking your, your family to the house of your mother who is yes. dabbling in witchcraft. <laughs> A lot of these mothers are in, like, witchcraft. Yeah. Um. Okay. So your favorite you're saying is Sarah Connor? Sarah Connor, 100%. Yeah. Um, I might have to go Laurie Strode. I mean, in the reboot, it might be a little too much if that was my mom. Like, that seems really traumatizing, but she's just such a badass and a good mom. And she saves the day. Like, it's for a reason. So, in hindsight, I think she she should have been that paranoid the entire time, or else they probably all would have died. So, I'm going to say Laurie Strode. And in H2O... She kicks ass, she saves her son, and she hits Michael with the car. So. Yeah, and then, but then she pays the price in Resurrection, so. <laughs> it's that's okay. Un- that's unfortunate. You have to deal with that trauma as a kid. Um, the, I, th- I, th- I think we got a good mix of, of uh, good and bad moms. Like, mm-hmm. good, good, and, good and bad in the sense of, like, protagonist, antagonist. Um, and also in the sense of being an actual good and <laughs> bad mother. Um, yeah. If I had to choose one of the evil moms, I I think we're both going Pamela. Pamela, yeah, yeah. definitely. Because obviously Annie Graham is the main character for Terry, essentially. Mm-hmm. But she's not really protagonist or antagonist in a sense. Like, yeah, it's like I don't know if I'm like rooting for her or like half the time I'm not, honestly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a good one. Um, the... Oh, I got two good ones. Okay. Shout out Jordan Peele. Uh, the mom from Get Out. <laughs> Terrible mother. <laughs> yes. Um, the mom from Lupita Nyong'o in Us. Oh, in Us. Yeah, she's a good mom. Yeah, but is she the mom at the end? Who knows? I know. That's the thing. I don't know. So I'm not picking her. The two moms we missed. I'm trying to think if we missed any other moms. Sorry, mom. Shout out to all the moms. Uh-huh. The mom in Midsummer dies really early on. Yep. In the, in the very beginning. Spoiler uh, alert, I guess. <laughs> you can't really do a spoiler alert. Why don't you say the spoiler? <laughs> I know. Well, she's not even in the movie, so. It's oh, not she, she, she's in the movie. She's just not in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, trying to think. Does Cole Young have a mother that we see? No. <laughs> Cole Young. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I can't think of any other mothers, but if we missed a mother, let us know for sure. Yeah, I think we got a good list here of the good, the bad, and the in between. Yeah. Shout out to moms. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, especially not a mom, because like I said earlier, I'm not a mom. I can't imagine what moms feel and go through having to protect and look, da- look after a kid that you made. So no judgments if, you know, you're not a perfect one. Yeah. Shout out to all the mothers out there. Um, I uh, just really want Sarah Connor's mom in a movie. (laughs) That would be the old mom. Just anybody that gets in my way, shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) Within reason, you know. Right. Um, But yeah. Happy Mother's Day. To all the mothers out there, to my mom, mm-hmm. to your mom, 
yes. to my mom's mom, which would be yes. my grandmom. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, are you doing anything for Mother's Day? Um, I'm going to see my mom, probably just like go out to lunch or something. How about you? She's abandoned me and went to Florida. So she's enjoying, oh. she's enjoying the sunlight. With she's going to have a good, a good Mother's Day. Yeah, she's sent her some flowers. Hopefully she likes them. <laughs> um, shout out to my girlfriend for being like, you want to send your mom flowers? I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was just about to say that. How crazy. We thought the same exact thing. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a lot of fun. We'll do this again for Father's Day, I'm assuming, once Father's Day rolls yeah. out, uh, which is in June. Yep. Cool. Um, any final thoughts? No, I think I'm just grateful for the mom that I have compared to some of these. And we need more moms in horror that actually, you know, are a protagonist or an antagonist or do anything worth mentioning. Oh, I, got, I forgot one. The mom in The Witch. Oh, yeah. That's a mom that's just. That's, I mean, that's the whole family. It's all messed up. It's not, yeah. I, I wouldn't blame it specifically on the mom. That's a, that's a I'm whole, just saying no to the whole situation. That's a whole mess. <laughs> um, so if we forgot any, your favorite mom in horror, your least favorite mom in horror, your, the mom in horror that scared you as a kid, or just as scary in general, any ones that you feel like we should have talked about, Make sure to let us know. You can tweet at us. My at is at Natalie's Morrow, two A's at the end. And then Max on Twitter is at Odd Slice. You can leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts. Ask us questions there, whatever your heart desires. And thanks for listening pre usual. Happy Mother's Day. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.